0: So welcome everyone to the Ultimate Supply Chain Podcast season two. We're keeping the same drive to answer your supply chain burning questions, but focusing more on bringing thought leadership from external and diverse and different perspectives across our topics. I'm Louise Barber, Global Head of Marketing at DHL Supply Chain, and I'll be your host for this series. I'm delighted to be joined today by Tatiana Vorobyova, Director at Clinical Supply Chain Logistics Global Network Partnerships at BMS. Tatiana is a true clinical logistics enthusiast, um, a a great leader and problem solver, who's got over 17 years of experience in the clinical logistics supply chain. Tatiana, welcome, welcome to our podcast. Hello, Lou. Thank you for having me on. I'm
1: excited to have an engaging conversation with you.
0: Yeah, me too. Before we start, can you just tell us a bit about your story and where your journey and passion for the
1: clinical logistics supply chain started? Okay, my story, where, where shall I begin? Um, My, my degree is in business management and administration. So my journey with pharmaceutical uh, industry and clinical supply chain was really a matter of being at the right time in the right place. Um, um, At the time, there was a job, job opening for, for one of the largest pharmaceutical CMOs in the area where I live here in UK, close to my home and, um, a friend of mine in my social network that I developed um, offered me uh, to apply for the job and I was ready. I was ready for the new challenge. I was ready for a new start and and so, so it was a good, good combination of timing. I applied. The recruiting manager, the hiring manager seemed to be drawn and particularly like my knowledge of languages and multicultural background which which gave me i think a competitive uh, advantage and, and and effectively helped me secure the job at the end and here i am today the rest the rest is history as they say <laughs> uh, today you know that the the i grow and i develop with being part of pharmaceutical industry in clinical supply chain my job grounds me in my sense of purpose it really provides me and adds to that purpose of enabling me me to grow both personally and professionally uh, it enables me to add that little bit of indifference um, in for a better for a greater world and and for humanity in in general and 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 that multicultural background I'm, I'm other people's I love people I love to understand why people do and how people do what they do, you know, understand the why. So that multicultural background, I think continues to give me that edge in, in creative thinking, in in people skill, in um, in enabling and encouraging the diverse um, um, viewpoints in, in every decision that I made. And, I'm a true believer in teamwork, Lou. to me, definitely, team is—you know—talents can win games, but teamwork and intelligence can can win championships. So, so, so here here I am today, for sure. And it's interesting.
0: Um, well, a couple of things I'd say to respond to that. Um, a a lot of the people that I get to talk to, um, we all seem to wander into logistics by accident. Um, and it sounds like uh, you're no, you're no different in that right. regard. So Tatiana, when we were speaking offline, um, we had a long conversation about the fact that DHL's brand promise is connecting people, improving lives and how strongly you feel that clinical logistics is at its essence, a people's business. Um, How could we focus on people just um, as well as just the operations?
1: I I think it's a very right question to ask, Clue, and and, and I'm, I'm happy that we're having this conversation. People effectively who, who enable us, who enable that clinical supply chain logistics operation, right? Who, people who overcome the challenges that, that we hear, that we see right now, multifaceted challenges in the world and, and, and people deal with those challenges differently, right? So we need to, to have that people pull up front in, in every planning, in every, uh, preparedness step that we do to, to. Fortify our, fortify our supply chain, right, to make mm-hmm. that our preparedness better. We need to put people up front because, effectively, um, our purpose as as biotech organization and pharmaceutical industry is to. For greater humanity, right? So, so we're talking about the people as the patients. We're talking about people as caregivers. We're talking about people as a friends and the family. It affects us all, and the people who are actually at the heart of the supply chain that make the um, make that uh, drug discovery and delivery possible. Um, so. Uh, I can't state enough and I can't say enough that when we do the planning, when we look at our supply chain, right, and when we look at our preparedness, those conversations about uh, people as one of the pillar um, should be front, uh, top front, top minds for for, for the leadership. And it's, it's significantly important. I think, I think we see a lot of. um, Talent was at the moment, right? Talent retention is another very significant aspect of it because Completely. what it taught people, all these challenges, everybody responds to differently, right? So people choose to do something different. We all choose to do particularly, potentially something different to what we used to do. We find different purpose because we had uh, we had a lot of um, um, time to, to to stop and think and be mindful, so it, it, is, it, it is important and to me. We should be talking about heroes every day, you know, those heroes that come to work, that get up and get going, those heroes of supply chain. That's how I refer to, you know, I I don't Keep the whole thing moving. Exactly. I just think about it every day. Not, I don't wait for another disaster to happen to, to, for us to see that, that, that heroes, you know, people um, acting as heroes, I think every day that we do, uh, we are, because we, we we're at the heart of, of delivering that promise to, to our patient and to so, our For sure. Our world. I,
0: I was I was talking to another guest um earlier in the week, uh, Radu, and we were having the conversation about how important it is for for um supply chain leaders to have a really firm understanding of what they do, but also have a real sense of who they are, their authenticity, what they bring to work every day. And I think perhaps yeah. that's one of the changes we've seen over the last um year or so where new entrants coming into the market are very passionate about sustainability, for example, or very passionate about being meaningful in the choices they make of the suppliers they choose. Um, So that's a big change that, as you say, is going to make a difference to recruitment, new people coming into the supply chain, as is things like digitalization. Um, The new people coming into the supply chain world, they're digital natives. Are you seeing that a lot in um in the supply chain for clinical
1: logistics? Absolutely. Absolutely. The focus on digitalization, the focus on um enabling in the correct way that machine learning, enabling, you know, the functions of AI or artificial intelligence, it, it certainly is a big focus of each organization. The important pieces to do it right and to do it, to do it the right way. Yep. You're, you're very right, uh, uh, Lou in saying that, that um, young talents that apply now for the jobs and supply chain, they're very technology savvy or more technology savvy than what we've seen, right? But I also see that trend changes in, in IT as a function, information uh. technology as a function in general. Right, we have people applying for the jobs as IT with PhD degrees, with MD degrees. Right, so this is sure. this is really going to serve that purpose of um, combining that technical, academical skill and getting advancing that drug development. So, the way I see the technology and digitization helping us advance is really, or, or drug drug development advance is really a combination of. Chemistry, biology, and computer science. You know that computer science piece; it's a big element for it because we we have so much data. You know, as I was reading an article on data, and I think we all know, right? We have an enormous amount of data out there, and I think the biggest challenge right now is how we utilize that data and how we hone in on what we need to extract from that data in order to help us to get to that. To you know, that drug to, to market quicker, fast, in the most efficient and effective way to, to, to the end user. So undoubtedly technology, digitization is a big element and a big, big focus of organization. And, and it's, um, I see personally, and again, I, I, you know, I'm not an expert in, in AI. I'm not, I'm curious about it for sure. And I, you know, try and educate myself as much as I can. I see it as something that will help us, not something that will take away from people, uh, which I think yeah. is a, a, a wrong misconception that exists there, that it, machines will replace us. That's not not the case here, right? We're utilizing that machine learning to help us make our decisions quicker and effective, right? So that we can spend that time doing strategy. We could spend that time focusing on people. Right, yeah. focusing on what people need so I, I I really see that I'm you know I'm excited what's going on in the world with the technology advances I look at it cautiously Lu uh I must say um you know everything that's going on in AI um what's going on in chat GPT um yeah. it, it needs to be regulated right we, it needs to we yeah. need to have guidelines we need to have regulations when we talk about the data we know uh, it, it we can um, it could be very useful but, but it could, we could also uh, harm, right? So we need to be very cautious when
0: we think about it. Completely. I mean, it's the same for me in marketing. taken to the you know the ultimate, um, you can see Chat GPT doing all of the design, all of the writing, or something like Chat GPT, generative AI producing um, all of the marketing material that needs to be produced. What would differentiates us, what makes or what gives us our voice is probably the people element. So for me, I'm thinking, how can generative AI, how can digitalization help me be more efficient? How do I balance that about effectiveness, which tends to come from, from the, the more judgment based input that comes from people? Is that the yes. same with you? Because I'm thinking about my customer experience.
1: You must be thinking about your patient experience and Absolutely. how you get that mix right. No, absolutely. It is absolutely the same with me, Lou. I, I want to share a very inspiring story talking about chat GPT, right? I read a, an article in People's Magazine a couple of days ago about mother of um, a, a young son suffering for with pain, um, a condition for three years, um, going through multiple doctors, different specialists, 17 different consultants. Wow. Not being able to put the di- uh, give a diagnosis to treat the condition, and it was a, a, a rare neurological condition, ha- was brave. And she put her uh, results of the imaging, results of all the conversation, and, and, and analysis that she received from doctors into the chat GPT, and, and it, it, it suggested her that this might be, you know, this, this rare neurological wow. condition. With that, she, go- she went and find the uh, right specialist and she confirmed that diagnosis so stories like that inspire me you know stories like that uh really need to be front minds you know for us to what how we utilize that that technology that exists and coming back to your point that artificial intelligence um versus it's never going to be uh, good to us in itself alone as artificial sure. intelligence it always has to be in combination with artificial intelligence and human intelligence, Definitely, right? because the computers cannot feel, they cannot understand the emotions. I, I mean, there are a, a lot of advances in that space, but not to the level. It's never going to be replaced by the human uh, element in that human intelligence. So it's always, I look at it, there's always a combination, um, that will give us those, you know, advances and will enable us to, you, you know, enable the future of medicines. Completely agree. I mean, an,
0: another example, my, my, my nephew is currently in, in hospital just recovering from, from cancer um, and the um, progress that has been made with um, analysis and um, the digitalization of the analytics that have come back from the tests that have taken, have been taken are amazing. And they share the charts with him, which is great because, you know, he's, he's a young lad. He's 27. Yeah. Knowledge is power. He wants to see all that data. But he also wants to have it packaged by a human who can turn that into, and this is why you're feeling this way, or this is what the next step is. And I think the, 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 the benefit of, um, of all of the advances of technology mustn't be outweighed by that very human side that has to come into an industry like clinical logistics or, or medicine Absolutely. or whatever that happens to be. Um, and I guess again, that's where that comes back to, you know, people being expert in the field, but actually having that effective leadership and having people at the heart of what it is you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and thank you for 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 sharing the story, will uh, It 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 uh, it gives me shivers, you know, listening to those stories. And, and I absolutely agree with you that knowledge is a power. You, you alluded to that knowledge is a power, and um, again, coming back talking about the, the difference in generations, right? New generation not afraid of that knowledge, not afraid yeah. of that data, right? Not afraid no, he wants to it. to look at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's I think that I see the big difference. And and I like that difference, you know, I, I like that um um uh, that edge and that advantage that it that it gives us that we're not afraid. We are preparing for something it, to to do a parallel, right? When I think about supply chain, what will what will enable us to, to continue to be successful, right? In this multifaceted changes and challenges that are going on right now and internally with every organization and externally in the world, what will give us that advantage, right? So two things, and I think i touched on the teamwork and, and collaboration spirit in general. For me, it's really a two things. It's collaborations, collaborations with the peers for the best practices, collaborations with the regulatory bodies, right? to To really... For us to be open about have an open conversation, rather than um, you know uh, have a, a, a challenge that we need to overcome, and that analysis of um, of the existing data, right, that will enable that preparedness for us, and that would that's what will give the success to uh, supply chain that will, will continue to that will give us that um, uh, at, at scale right, for the growth, uh, mm. ability to grow, um, ability to scale and ability to remain um, intact and ability yeah. to remain a, a, an effective. Right. So yeah, and I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess again, looking at um, what I'm seeing in the hospital at the moment, for example, um I see very much a move towards very personalised prescription. Every prescription, I mean, the, the the days of generic treatment seem to have yes. gone. Um, I wonder what impact digitalization is having on clinical re- clinical trials, for example. I'm guessing they're far less centralised than they used to be, and that has to surely impact the um, the the hit rate, if you like, of these very precise
1: personalised prescriptions. No, absolutely. Yes, it's it's a trend that I'm hoping will continue. I think, um, particularly in the, in the time of um, you know, pandemic outbreak, right? It mm-hmm. sort of opened that door, which you know, decentralized clinical trust. What, what you're referring to, they they were not new uh, three years ago. You know, they were not new, uh, but 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 there were not not enough advances are made, and not enough interest. I think, and not enough investments are made to to make this, um, uh, to enable it in the most effective way. And and when I think about decentralized clinical trials, and when I think those advances it it is really the the, the question at the heart to me is how we make it the most effective way um, to run that clinical trial to our Mm -hmm. patients, to our investigators, uh, to caregivers, right? Because there's that, you know, there's another side um, and to people, you know, to people in the supply chain effectively. And, and there's three elements of, of that, right? The patient safety, data quality and data in, in integrity and integrity of clinical trial. When we're talking about, you know, decentralized clinical trial and advantages of utilizing technologies. Again, we, we, we draw in the parallels here with the technology, but it needs yeah. to be a, a, a right technology and easy enough technology for the end user, right? That's the only way to, to advance it, to make it, um, um, you know, to make it a, a useful utilization, right, of that technology because yeah. uh, we cannot th- start throwing all of these different software, different systems that will it's got to be easy add another stress it needs to be done the right
0: way exactly yeah it absolutely has to be easy but I'm guessing that the benefits are are astronomical yes you know, being able to get that patient diversity as a result yes. of the decentralized clinical logistic uh, uh, clinical trials is yes. is enormously
1: beneficial yes now it's absolutely beneficial from from diversity as you say patient population it's it's beneficial from um uh, enrollments raised right so the clinical trials because it's 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 easier to for for a lot of patients again depending on their personal circumstances but i cannot state enough right when we plan those decentralized clinical trials when we know um you know the protocols when we know the indication we really again and I'm coming back to the same point put the people at front patient at front understand their story understand what um, it's it, it it for how how it is for them to be part of that clinical trial. What do mm. they need to make it easy? What do the caregivers need to make it easier? Uh, to to me, that's you know that's again an important question and an element every time in every step. People, the patients, mix, how they come together at the, to at be the front at the front of our decisions making.
0: So, what's the impact of um, of digitalization and the enhancements of technology on on you being able to reach patients on
1: on direct to patient um, type solutions? So, so reaching the patient, direct to patient, is a lot to do. I think with the transportation as well as technology that's mm. effectively at the heart of the centralized clinical trial, uh, but is really you know partnering with the um, companies that, that have that expertise, that, that have that ability to scale, that have that ability to um, um, to adapt and understand the regulatory landscape in, in every, you know, locality. A lot of, you know, most of those trials are global. Uh, sure. So it's really a combination of technology and right strategic partners, right, that have that expertise, that have that intelligence. Um, and... On an ongoing basis because you know, today isn't gonna to be the same as tomorrow, right? For sure. Or yesterday. For sure. So. It's moving
0: so quickly. Yeah. Has that um has that advance changed your um your ways of working,
1: your 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 target operating model much? It has in a way. Um a- we, we have enabled the now operation direct patient shipping, uh, particularly you know when we were still in the civil pandemic and when mm. we, the hospitals were still opening up. Uh, w- we a- adjusted based on the regulatory landscape again because as much as I'd like that trend to continue and as much as I'd like us to all to have that seat at the table with the regulator and, and, and have that discussion that we need to continue to enable it some regulations have got back to to what it used to be. so uh, in the sense that you know that uh, it was only enabled for as a, as a critical measure to respond to a critical situation Pandemic. So, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so in really, it really suddenly changed. Um, it enabled us to respond very quickly. It enabled us to retain our patients. We set up this you know this DTP uh, um, operation again, as a response to, to a critical situation. Uh, but right now, the way, you know, the organization, uh, we, I look at it and we look at it in our supply chain is, is really those clinical trials where we see uh, a to benefit and potential and where we enabling that function would be beneficial to patients, uh, right? And be beneficial, sure. uh, of course, the clinical trial to enrollment rates and, and Convenience, I think, one of the better word of putting it right for for the patient. So it's it's really a, still somewhat of a bespoke solution. Um, it's not completely operationalized, um, yeah. but that modality certainly exists and it's not going away. Uh, hopefully, never right.
0: Well, quite. I mean, okay. I think you know the pandemic was 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 terrible, but there are some things that have come out of it that have absolutely accelerated growth and progress for for humanity in general so all of that said what do you think's next what's next for um (laughs) so where do you see the future of clinical
1: logistics if you have to guess uh, Yeah. yeah you know i think the future of clinical logistics to me is continue to fortify your supply chain in the sense where you uh, look at your global operation, you know, um, look at your uh, manufacturing size, look at your, uh, supply size, right. Look to minimize those local dis- disruptions. Um, I, again, co- collaborate, um, collaborate with peers, collaborate with the regulatory, uh, enhance, continue to enhance and evolve that, that, that predictive analytics into every step of our supply chain. So, so we, you know, we ha- we. We look at those challenges head-on, right? And we we proactively seek the solutions rather than respond to it. Um, That's what we've seen a little bit mm. right now. But, you know, an in, interesting element, uh, and Louie, and I, I'll, I'll share it with you. It really resonated with me, uh, again, reading an article. Um, when we talk about the amount of change that we're undergoing right now, that 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 population, you know, humankind is undergoing right now. It's more change that we, we have a history to refer to or research to refer to, right? Happening on, on a daily basis, right? So, so we need to adjust a little bit um, in our um, thinking to all become futurists um, in the sense that we, we can deal with that change now, at today, and only by, by sailing fast, and, yeah and and right and creating yeah, lot that to be said. Space, exactly we will be advanced we'll be ahead of it um and and I know when we talk about pharmaceutical industry it's highly regulated industry right and so so failure is not something that we talk about um easy because uh, of course we 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 need to do, every step of operation and the compliant in a very regulated manner because the, 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 the implications are very high. But, but in general, every step that we do in our thinking, in our strategies, in our decision-making, that, that mindset of, of failing fast, because then we, we, that's the only way for us to, to, to create that history because we don't have the research to refer to at the moment to, to understand how we need to manage these changes that, that are happening to us right now. It's so true. You fail fast to pro- to progress fast, yeah,
0: actually. And, exactly. You know, the, the the enablement that we have as a result of advances in technology and, and the result of so much data yeah, so, being a- available to us is that we can scale fast too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think the combination of those puts us in a, a really, really interesting time for all sorts of technology advancements that impact our supply chain, whether it's in clinical logistics or, or other areas of the supply chain. Um, but I think what I really like about, about your area, about the clinical logistics areas is it really does touch people in a very special way and really does bring to life how a supply chain really can connect people and improve
1: lives. No, oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you ask me what motivates me, right, um, continue to my work and I continue my journey in clinical supply chain logistics and, and I, I shared my story, right, I, I just, uh, um jump you know, arrived at it. it was a planning, right? When I was there. I it's it's really that um sense of pride and yeah. and and joy. Uh so these two two elements and, and pride comes from from seeing how that uh you know that teamwork that the that, 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 that people that that have that seat at the table to to make those decisions to find those solutions succeed, right? Because we enable and we encourage that diverse, this is you know, the new leadership, the the encouraging. This is our responsibility as a leaders uh, to 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 enable and encourage the diversity of viewpoints and and that inclusivity. It's not just another um, tripline that organization will have. it It is yeah. our responsibility as a leaders to do that but to see that success and to see that progress um uh, in the team and in everybody individually um it 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 it, it motivates me it gives me pride and gives me joy of course and
0: and and yeah. like i say of all aspects of the supply chain um business you know as a whole there are days when i think you know it, we may not meet that SLA or, um, you know, I think of my own team, my own marketing team, where sometimes people will say, oh, this has gone wrong and that's gone wrong. And I think we're not curing cancer. Some days you guys are. Yeah. So it makes a huge difference. So, um, Tatiana, thank you so much for talking to me today. Your insights have been truly amazing. I've really enjoyed talking to you. One of the best things about doing this podcast series is um, I get to meet people that I wouldn't normally meet. Um, and uh, you, you've been a delight. You and I have had a, had, okay. had a real laugh of, offline um, and it's been a real delight to talk to you online. So thank you so much. I'm confident our audience will get real value from our conversation today and listening to your insights. Um, Thank you too to our listeners, whether you're joining us on our website or through Spotify or on YouTube. Please stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. Um, And if there's something you'd like to know about in the supply chain industry, in logistics of a whole, please let me know. Um, Give us some feedback. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you.
1: Louis, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share my story and my, my viewpoint. It's been great. Not at all.